Welcome to episode 14 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast presented by Loyalty Liquors. I'm Aaron. Across the table from me, that's Ben. Benny, how was your week, buddy? Week was great. You know, same old, same old. Can't complain. And if I did, no one would give a shit. Yeah, so to to kind of start this thing off, um, we, we have to address the kind of current state of affairs in this country. Um, and it's kind of tough for us to talk about, kind of uncomfortable, because we're two white guys from central Connecticut that grew up in middle to upper middle class families and have you know, never really experienced any adversity due to race or creed or religion or anything along those lines. But um, last week, uh, I talked to Ben on Sunday when I was doing my uh, my weekly like Instagram story post promoting the episode of the podcast. And I said that, you know, we weren't going to discuss it because the world didn't need two more white guys opinions. But before I posted the story, I asked Ben his opinion. And, you know, he kind of told me, hey, man, you know, go with what you feel. Uh, and then so I asked a couple black friends of mine what their opinion was. And they told me, you know, that that is just as good as being on the other side, you know, because the problem lies with white people. So I listened to what they said. I said, all right, I'm not going to post it. But then I posted it by accident because I'm an idiot and it had been up for like 45 minutes before I realized it. So I took it down. And then Ben and I talked a couple times this week about kind of, you know, what our opinions on it were and whether we should say something or not. And then, you know, I got to a point where I said, fuck it, you know, we have to say something. So the thing about racism is it is systemic in this country, but it's systemic in this world. It's not inherently a America thing. It's a human thing. When you look back through history, the Egyptian empire was built on the backs of Jewish slaves. The Roman empire built on the back of slaves from all over Europe and Africa. The Ottoman empire built on the backs of slaves. Um, it's the English empire, the Spanish empire, the Russian empire, all the great empires of the world, the American empire have been built on the back of racism and slaves and believing that another group of people are less valuable than you because of whatever it may be, religion, creed, skin color. So we as humans inherently are racist. It's been brought out, brought up and, and, and passed down through generations and generations and generations to where we are today. Um, just a couple examples of how systemic racism is in this country. Um, ben, you and I talked about this the other day, but redlining. Redlining in cities is when mortgage lenders will block off certain portions of a city. Yeah, this is crazy on, to me. You, you filled me in on this. I, I yes. So back in the 1930s when the Great Depression was going on and FDR created the, uh, the FHA, you know, they came up with policies for fair and equal lending so that people of lower income could buy houses. Well, what they did, though, when they did that is they would take a look at the city and based on, you know, the socioeconomic regions of a city, they would block it off based on the meeting of criteria to gain, uh, you know, a mortgage. And obviously, the most affluent and, and high property value areas of a city would be easiest or have the easiest access to getting a loan or a mortgage and then so on and so forth on down the line to the point where certain sections of cities would be redlined 
And redline meant if you had an address in those cities or, or in those parts of a city and tried to get a mortgage, you'd be denied almost every time almost regardless of what your economic standing was. You could be, you know, a black guy who's worked all your life, saved every dollar you've ever made and, and have more than enough to put 20% down for a mortgage. And you still wouldn't get a loan based on where your, where your, um, your address was. And to take that one step further in the early two thousands, they started to repeal red line laws because at the time America was drunk on mortgage backed securities and needed to create mortgages to put into mortgage backed bonds or mortgage bonds and so they started to lower the restrictions on getting a mortgage. Basically, if you had a pulse, you could get a mortgage in the, in the mid 2000 aughts. Um, but what they wouldn't tell people is that these mortgages were shit mortgages. Adjustable rate. Adjustable rate mortgages. So you could go in and they'd advertise, hey, you can get a mortgage for $0 down and you know, 0.5% interest for two years. And you'd be like, fucking A, I can afford $0 down. So you'd go in, you'd apply for a mortgage, you'd buy your dream house, you'd finally be able to move out of a redlined area. But then two, three, four years later, all of a sudden the adjustable rate kicks in and your interest is 14, 15%. Well, in reality, you probably couldn't afford the house anyways. And then now you got to pay 15% interest every year. It's unsustainable. It's one of the, the main contributing factors to why the economy collapsed in 2008. In the 1920s and 30s, William Randolph Hearst and his cohorts used racism to make marijuana illegal in this country. William Randolph Hearst owned newspapers and magazines all over the country. The timber business was being threatened. He lost 800,000 acres of timber during the Mexican Revolution. And he wanted to victimize or villainize, I should say, blacks and Mexicans. And so how he did that was he would post stories in the publications he owned of black people and Mexicans being high on marijuana and kidnapping and raping white women that were completely falsified and completely made up just because he wanted to try and stick it to the Mexicans and the blacks. And what eventually happened was marijuana was made illegal in this country, even though the benefits of it are well known, both medically and industrially. I mean, in terms of paper production, one acre of marijuana in a year will produce four times as much paper as, as timber, and you can harvest it three different times in Southern states. I mean, and it, it grows number, anywhere. Like grows anywhere. No number one cash crop in the South in the 1890s had replaced cotton in terms of industrial use, but this guy had a problem with hey, marijuana what, and Mexico. Notice what you're saying, right? And, and it all comes down to money too, right? And now here we are the government realizes they can make a fortune off, off of it. And it's like, Oh wait, now it's good. You know, at first the guy who owned everything was being threatened and, and now it's like kind of the opposite where, Oh, Hey, we can make another dollar here. So. Exactly. Um, exactly. It was all but not, for that, not also not to like steer off course. I mean, obviously um, that it, it's just such a, like, I mean, we say this every week, but like such a weird time. And obviously, like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and like preach anything or say anything. It's like, I know in my life, in my head where I stand, I know who my friends are. I know who I talk to all the time. Um, you know, so it's like, I, I don't even need to distinguish like the the diversity of my friend group because they're, they're my friends. It's like, you know, I, I've played hockey. I played sports. I played baseball. I've been around every ethnicity, 
it's like I've had a great time with every ethnicity. I don't know. That's the thing. I, I don't know where to, how to talk about it or, or what to say about it. Um, because I, I don't even view it. Like, I think it's like, it's bullshit that it's all kind of going down the way it's going down because it's, it's made out to be like, we don't, you know, we only care during these times. It's like, well, what about like every day of our lives? Like one of my, one of my best buddies gave the best rant going, you should go check it out. His name's Dami Mustafa. He was a, played basketball at Castleton we graduated the same year he's like a really you know good friend of mine um talk daily you, you you can go see it you know firsthand from from a guy I admire and respect and is a dear friend you know I don't need to say anything like you know that's that's uh I, we're gonna have him on um at some point and uh kind of let him just tell his side because, um, you know, it, it's just such a bizarre situation. I'm obviously like rambling because I don't really know how to say it because it's just like, uh, you know, it's it's odd. It's not um, it's not it's not my place, but it's it is my place because you know I have a say in life. You know what I mean? And and like, you know, my it, in my mind, it's like you know, I guess just lead by example, sort of. It's like, well, sure. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is uncomfortable, but you and I have talked about in the past. I mean, you learn nothing from winning. You only learn by losing and losing is uncomfortable. And, you know, the, the positive spin that can come out of this is, you know, the uncomfortable nature of this conversation means it's a conversation that people haven't been having and that needs to happen. It needs to be discussed, but there, there was just, two other things I wanted to touch on. One, racism is so prevalent in this country that black dogs and black cats get adopted at a lower rate than other colored animals, which is a fact. And, and you know, scientists have said there's a lot of other reasoning for it, um, you know, that they don't photograph well, they're hard to find in the, the shelters and shit like that. That's bullshit. I mean, it, it comes down to race and the way we view uh, African-Americans in this country. And then one other thing we, as far as the solution goes, right. There is no, there's no easy solution. There's a simple solution, but there's not an easy solution. The two are not mutually exclusive. Um, firstly, we need to do a better job educating the youth on the true history of the world and the true history of America. And by that, I mean, think about how ridiculous it is that in 2020, we still celebrate Columbus day guy who didn't even discover America, guy who was a genocidal maniac, killed half a million indigenous people in months. And we still have a day for him, even though the country is named after Americo Vespucci, which was, was a real guy. Country's named after him, but we still celebrate Columbus Day. But I think it comes down to <clears throat> educating the youth in the sense that the generations ahead of us, the older generations, you know, unfortunately are probably too far gone. We can hopefully change their mentality, but changing their mentality doesn't change the world. Us, we as millennials need to focus on the fact that, you know, when we have children, we need to bring them up the right way, have the hard conversations, educate them on, you know, the true history of America, the true history of the world, and hope that they find the right path and are all inclusive. I think millennials have the best chance 
to start to eradicate racism. But it's going to take generations. It's not something that's going to happen right away. It's going to take multiple generations of people thinking in a certain linear path that we're all the same, we're all equal, regardless, um, that will will bring change to the world. But I mean, that's, that's all I had. I don't know if you, if you want to add anything else. Um, but you know, I just, I felt we had to say something before, you know, before we really got going here because it, you know, we just couldn't sit back and, and say nothing at all. No, of course. <clears throat> and I guess just to like, you know, reiterate what my buddy said, it's like, you know, make sure you're not just <clears throat> being a follower, you know, don't, don't just do things because other people are doing it. You know what I mean? Like make sure that you're doing, you know, research as he says, you know, just like question everything in, in the sense that, you know, you, you may think like, Oh, you're doing something to be helpful, but really, you know, deep down, it may, it may be, you know, hurting, you know, and it's just like, and that, and that goes for, for anything, you know what I mean? It's just like, Kind of like don't just don't just follow you know the masses like be your own source of information and, and, and source of light and um feel free to just kind of like be the be the leader you know what i mean if like i know it's just such an odd time and it's such a weird thing but it's just you know just for your own for your own sake just 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 be aware just be aware and be thoughtful and be kind and be grateful and uh, just don't be an asshole right just don't be yeah. an asshole don't be an asshole you know nah it's um it, it is it's a it's a weird time to be alive everything is so amplified right now and you know Dude, uh, what was the thing i told you the other day the meme i saw it's like what like when's when's the first intermission for 2020 here yeah, it's seriously like, i was talking to somebody the other day about something and uh i was like remember when we were doing this and i was like was this this year he's like yeah it was in february i'm like fucking hey that feels like nine years ago at this point no it's been it's been a lot there's been a lot of information that's been crammed down people's throats and the more information you, you take in we're taking in so much information daily right now that it makes the days seem longer, which stretches out the year and makes them seem, seems longer, but it also kind of seems like it's flown. Like it's June already, you know, it's, it's birthday oh, month for you yeah. and I, but it's, but it's June, you know? And like, so part of it feels like the year has been going on for forever because there's so much information, but at the same rate, it's also flying by. Um, no, it's, but I think that's life, that, like, you know, they, you know, the old, the old expression time flies. It's like you hear it more times than not. Like I was in the, line at the grocery store the other day and the girl like looked down she's like it's june already and I'm, <laughs> holy fuck it is june already it's like oh my god yeah but, i um, think i think you, you know you get to you get to a certain age and like you you start to have so much not even fulfillment but just so much stuff that goes in your life that you just you're constantly doing one thing you know going here going here doing this doing that and uh i mean it's just a good reminder for for all of us to just slow down, you know, slow down, take it all in, um, and keep moving. But no, what you, what you said is, is true. You know, like if you're, if you're in a situation and you're waiting for somebody to show you the way, I mean, you, you gotta just take charge. Um, even if it's as simple as just your own life, I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about, um, 
you know, there was something they really wanted to do a career path that was way off the beaten path and, you know, hard to, hard to get into, hard to do. And he said, uh, he said, I just, you know, I know if I were to quit my job and go for it, there'd be a lot of people who'd be mad at me. And I said, dude, it's your fucking life, man. Like you can't live your life based on what other people are going to think about it. Like it's your, it's your fucking life. You're the one that has to live it, you know? Dude. Couldn't agree more with that. Um, it, it's wild to think. Cause like, you know, you and I were talking and obviously I'm just kind of, I'm in a spot right now where, you know, I'm just like living, you know, I'm mm. building shit and doing shit. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's refreshing to be, you know, in a town where, you know, a lot of, I guess the activities are based on, you know, things where you have to use your body, you know, biking, swimming, kayaking. And, uh, it's just like, I've been like riding my bicycle pretty much every day. And, uh, like, I just like, couldn't feel like better, like in terms of like, you know, my, my mind, my body. And, uh, you know, obviously we've talked about this, this whole, like, you know, reset and everything, but, um, just kind of like reactivating is kind of like, just really helped my mind. Like, um, just. I don't even, I guess I don't know how to like, you know, say it because I, it's just like a feeling, you know what I mean? But I just feel mm. like less like cluttered, you know, and I just yeah. feel, um, yeah, it, it, it's like a, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty neat feeling. So all, all I was saying is meaning like, I, I just, I've, I've kind of been focusing a little bit lately on spending time just, you know, out in the, out in nature by myself and, and, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's really helped. And, and we've talked about that before, but obviously just reiterating it. Um, well, it's, it's funny. You should mention that. Cause I listened to a podcast this week with a guy who uh, was on this show called alone, which I've never seen. You know, I haven't had cable now and fuck six years almost. Um, That's crazy. typical millennial cord cutter. Hey, can you, you can get, do they still do like the, like, could you get the random couple channels if you like turned your TV on or is that not even a thing anymore? No, you can, well, you can buy an antenna. You can buy an antenna that'll get you depending on how good of an antenna you have. You can get a handful of channels, but no, you can't. It wasn't like in the old days where the antennas were built in. And if you just turned on the TV, you could get like channel two and six and like eight, you know, <laughs> public access. Um, yeah. But so this dude, I uh, was on the show called Alone, which I guess the premise is, uh, the premise of it is it's, um, they take a group of people, they drop them off one by one individually in a random spot in the world. And whoever survives the longest uh, wins. And, you know, they're given a cell phone where they check in every morning and every night to let the producers know they're okay. And if at any point they want to quit, you know, they can quit. It's, it's basically last man standing. And so this dude that was on it won, and he was out in the Alaskan wilderness for 77 days. You're allowed to bring 10 items. Um, very interesting dude, very interesting interview. But like the reason he was so prepared is he lived in Siberia with the Evenki people for 
which is like one of the last true like nomadic people on the planet. They, they raise herds of reindeer and they follow their reindeer herds around and, you know, they use their reindeer for everything and all this stuff. So he lived with them for years. So that's obviously how he learned all these skills. But the point of all this, the, the reason I bring it up is there was a, something he said that kind of resonated with me. He's like, after a couple of weeks, he's like, of, you know, of just being in nature and, you know, obviously he had no technology. No, I think he had a video camera just to record stuff, but that was it. You know, that was the only technology he had. Um, he said the body kind of like starts to adjust back to that, like almost like primitive mental state of man where you're just focusing on, you know, basically staying alive every day and, you know, hunting and trapping and, um, and all those things, which I found like very interesting. It's kind of crazy the way the human body like is, is so malleable, you know, it, it's so it adjusts to kind of whatever situation it's in. Um, but I, I thought that was wild. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the human body for a second. Hmm. However, however long ago, I think it was like the first week I got here. Was four Hall. weeks ago, four weeks ago. Um, I, I mentioned it on, on here, but I had a gory, gory incident with my finger and a yeah. street sign. <laughs> like it was disgusting. Like you could open up the web of my finger and and I, you could almost like, you could see down like three there. Cause there's, if you, if you look at your hand yeah, and then look at your fingers, there's nothing really there besides like skin or whatever. So I opened that up and if you, it, I could see down there like three quarters of an inch and it was like very dark either way, you know, I know what the human body's all about. I know what she does. All right. In this case, he. And I was like, like, my uncle Todd was like, dude, I think you need stitches. I'm like, there's no fucking chance I'm getting stitches. So did that little tailgate operation. And here we are, like, dude, it's like perfectly back to normal. I mean, obviously, yeah. huge scar. But, you know, a couple weeks, um, you know, it's not like I lost my freaking hand in battle or something create you know it's just a cut it was you know it was definitely a deep gory cut but like you know it really is just amazing um dude it's wild like really amazing it's wild i mean the, the longest i think the longest like single like cut or like open wound that i had you know that took time to heal without any stitches or anything i got bit by a dog actually i got bit by my own dog uh in the hand, um, we were at uh, uh, my my old dog trainer Mike Lapointe's house in Tolland, and he used to have a fenced off area of his uh, property where he'd have like all the dogs he trained could come over on Saturdays, and you'd pay three bucks, and you know they could run around, and he'd like train them in like social settings and all that stuff. And so I showed up early one week and there was another dog there that I guess he was working on that, you know, was aggressive towards other dogs and stuff. And, you know, so we get into the fencing area. I let my dog off the leash. There is an older couple that had this dog. Other dog goes right after Sasha. Now, thankfully Sasha's a big girl and, you know, not a wimp. So, you know, she stuck up for herself. So the dogs, you know, they got into a little tussle. The other dog was bleeding a little bit. So Mike goes up to his house 
to grab a styptic powder to, you know, basically cauterize the wound or whatever. So before he comes back down, these people, you know, they're they trying to do the right thing. They let their dog off the leash again while he wasn't there. Goes right back after Sasha. And thankfully, Mike had like taught me literally like a week earlier how to break up a dog fight. You know, like the natural reaction if one dog has another dog is to pull them apart. What you're supposed to do is push them together so that they're, whichever dog has the other one, their jaws will open and then you can pull them off. So Sasha goes, you know, obviously sticks up for herself. This dog comes after her. I grab both of them, jam their heads together. And as I jam their heads together, Sasha's, you know, lets go of the other dog and just chops right down on my fucking hand. And like her perfect canine hole right into the top of my hand. And that one took probably like three and a half weeks to heal. And it was just literally just a straight hole into my hand. Like Mike comes yeah, back and, and he's like, Hey, would you mind not going to the hospital? Because they're going to ask what happened and then they're going to come here. And it's like, I don't necessarily have all the proper licenses. And, shit. and I was like, yeah, yeah, I got you. But yeah, it probably took about three and a half, four weeks to heal fully. But yeah, I just had a straight fucking hole in my hand. And eventually, you know, over time, it just all healed up. There's a little scar there now, but the human body's something else. Life sign, baby. Mm. Oh, fucking A, man. It hurt too. It hurt like a motherfucker the next day. Just having like a straight tooth jammed through your hand. Um, yeah, I had a, uh, I mean, everybody, I mean, everybody that follows my Instagram back a while ago probably knew about my donkey bite saga. It was. Uh, <laughs> That's right. You should tell that story. I actually forgot um, about that. Yeah. So. Only you could get bit by a dude, fucking donkey. Backstory, backstory. I've grown up with a donkey. Her name is Delilah. Um, my folks got her. Well, my folks, my dad got her. Um, and I don't know. She's probably like 12 now. <clears throat> Either way, I just assumed that donkeys were just all as awesome as Delilah. Like she is a giant dog, like yep. the coolest donkey ever. But down in Texas, this the neighbor had a miniature donkey like a mangy fucker like and i realized this because no one could get near him after the story but um so this donkey gets out and is running around the yard and he's in the backyard of my buddy's um folks house and it's a big fencing area and he's back there for like two days and he's hee-hawing like a mother effort because he's got a girlfriend donkey that's like back at the house. Well, the old farmer guy that owns him is like real old and he can't get this fucking donkey. Nobody can get the donkey. So it's been in the yard for like a couple days and I'm finally like, I'm like, dude, they're like, what's up man like you're you gotta go home like so i open this gate can't stay here bro you gotta get out of here yeah i so like i i get set up i open this gate up and he, he comes up he hadn't come up to anybody he like came up to me i'm like you know petting him through the fence and i'm like all right dude i i got you so i was like all right i'm gonna open the gate I'll slip the rope around him and I'll just fucking walk his ass home. Well, I open the gate 
and I go, I go to wrap my arms around his neck, which, dude, Delilah, who's like, you know, she's a big donkey. She's probably yeah. like 800 Full-size pounds. Donkey. Yeah. Like I can, I can wrap, like I can wrap her up and like kind of control her. I mean, it's definitely yeah. tough, but it's like, this is a miniature donkey. And I fucking put my arm around his neck thinking that I, that like, I'm stronger than you. Yeah. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> this thing starts freaking out, freaking out, bucking, jumping. And I'm like, dude, like, I got to hang on to you right now. It's like, I don't know, like, <laughs> right. what my other option is. Finally let go of him. Dude, he clamps on my left arm. Clamps on my arm. He starts dragging me. And when I tell you this was like 30 seconds of pure agony, this was a long time. Yeah. He is biting me. He's opening up his jaw, reclenching, relocking. <laughs> I am dragging around on the ground right now. Ask my buddy Trevor, like when he saw me, I looked like I just did a tough mutter and <laughs> my, my, le- my left arm was, it was, I've never seen in my life a pure constant stream of blood, but I did. And so I, I basically do he, fi- the donkey finally let go of me because I grabbed his ear. Yeah. I pulled on his ear. He let go. And then it was just like, I don't know. It was probably a month of, of like really, you know, I ended up going to, to the, to the ER and got stitches. I think I had like 11 puncture wounds. Um, are donkey teeth sharp or are they like, like dude, horse teeth? Like there was gaping, disgusting cuts. So the best part of the story is so the next day, or later that day, the fucking team, the sheriff, the county sheriff shows up with a horse, like a horse trailer, a whole team. They go in, they lasso the fucking donkey, tie him to the to the saddle horn. Yeah. The donkey takes off, pulls the horse over, <laughs> and the the sheriff that was riding the horse separated his shoulder. Oh my around. god! So the donkey had to, dude. You want to talk about quarantine twenty? Well, it was twenty nineteen. The donkey had to go to quarantine for for ten days to make sure it wasn't rabid. Donkey's a fucking of- menace! Holy yeah, shit! <laughs> Killer donkey. Oh so, yeah. man, it's a, it's but, one of those things, man. Animals, fucking. You know, we, we, we get so used to them because we've domesticated so many of them. But, like, at the end of the day, like, they're still fucking wild. I had a uh, totally, totally different situation way back in the day when I was still working up in the Hartford area. I had an account that owned a convenience store that was literally right. They were, they were in the same plaza right next to each other. So the dude that works in the convenience store comes over and he's like, dude, there's a squirrel in the store. And, like, oh, we can't get it out. So me thinking like, oh, you know, tough guy, I can handle it, right? It's a fucking squirrel. How hard can it be? So I'm like, all right, where is it? So they show me where it is. And I'm like, okay, get me like a broomstick. And then like, you know, it's a convenience store. So they had a bunch of random shit. They had uh, 
like a laundry sack. <clears throat> and I'm like, I'm just going to poke him right into this laundry sack, boom, zip it up, and we'll be good. Like, that was my plan. So the thing like runs all the way to the back of the store and it's up behind like this, like uh, this like water pipe, like pinned up against the wall behind this water pipe um, at the very, in the very back corner of the store. So, you know what they say, like, don't ever, you know, pressure an animal that's backed into a corner. So I'm sitting there and I'm on a step ladder. I'm kind of looking at it and I'm like, all right, all right, I think I got this. So I'm holding, I'm holding the bag with my left hand. Uh, holding the bag with my left hand, holding the broomstick with my right hand. And I just like am gently kind of like trying to poke it in. And you know, the thing's not fucking moving at all. I'm like, fuck this. So just give it one hard jab and the thing turns around and comes straight at my head. I end up falling backwards off the step stool. There's a, I actually have a video of it somewhere. I have to find it because one of the guys was videotaping the whole thing. And, uh, and that was the last time I ever tried to wrangle a squirrel in my life. Yeah. The fucking fuck. thing was yeah, right yeah, on my dude. face, dude right on my face i was like nope i'm done my squirrel wrangling days are over but i mean as animals man yeah i remember that's what they used to call you back in high school the squirrel wrangler (laughs) (laughs) oh shit that that is like i could i i can just picture like like the the movie production of like the squirrel coming at you with like his paws out yeah (laughs) straight at my face too like it wasn't even it wasn't even dude i I mean that's why humans have developed like you know they say that the fear of spiders the fear of snakes like that's evolutionary right like because people who weren't scared of spiders and snakes would die at the hands of spiders and snakes and their genes wouldn't be passed on. So it became like evolutionary to be afraid of those things. Like, I don't know where it started with humans where we like started to get this irrational confidence that we could just handle any wild animal that exists. Like these dudes, like these dudes that go out and like the Serengeti and like hug like lions and shit. Like what the fuck, man? What the fuck? Those are some of my favorite videos though, for real. Just, oh, they're so cool. I mean, they're super cool. They're super cool. Oh, oh, no, cool. I was saying, like, the, the gone wrong. Oh, like the oh yeah, yeah. Wildlife yeah. gone wrong. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> dude, people getting kicked by horses and dogs. Have you ever gotten kicked by Delilah? Uh, yeah, not, not really, like. Not a full one? Not like a full. I mean, I, I, Dude, it's hard to say because I, I also I've had other horses and stuff, so I, I don't know. I don't really remember which which animal like, kicks you. This, yeah, or whatever. But I know my mom got kicked really, really bad by one of our horses. She's got like a dent in her thigh from like his horseshoe. <laughs> so that sucks. But yeah, man, I've 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 learned my lesson. Just just steer clear. It's tough. It's tough up here in Jackson when there's like a bison right five feet from you, and you just like, dude, so, I, could pet, I could pet you, man. I- <laughs> do, do they just are they just roam free in the oh, national yeah. park? They're just everywhere. I mean, not I shouldn't say everywhere, but as soon as you get out of town, towards towards like Yellowstone, towards you know Grand Teton National Park, like they're around and they are humongous dude yeah like just talk about pound for pound 
like no wonder why one of them could feed a whole freaking Indian tribe or, or Na- yeah. you know, Native American tribe. It's just like, uh, no doubt. dude, they're like in their necks, like, you know, they're just, they're literally, they're snow plows. They're, they're meant, they're built to be snow plows are they're, they're just fascinating man it's interesting definitely like, uh, oh no no de- i definitely think it's like that they're, they're probably one of the coolest animal i mean oh for sure i think the I'm, most sought after is like you know grizzly bear out here like everyone yeah. wants to see grizzlies but i think the bison are like fuck that i never want to see a grizzly bear in my entire fucking life those things are terrifying but um, when it comes to bison, um, I was listening to another podcast where they're talking about the American Plains Indians and like one of the most interesting ways they used to hunt them was they would kill coyotes and they would wear the coyote fur like over, you know, the hide over their body and they would crawl on all fours up to these bison and the bison were so like not scared of coyotes because what's a coyote going to do to a bison that these native Americans were able to just get right up next to these bison and then shoot them with their arrows. And like, that was, you know, how they would hunt them is they would just pretend they were coyotes. But I mean, people forget that bison and and Buffalo in this country, like we're almost extinct. Like we almost wiped them out. Um, Cause people, I guess, I guess people used to like when they would ride the, the continental railroad, they would literally like lean out of the, the train cars with rifles and just shoot bison as they were going by. And they, nobody would collect the meat or anything. They would just shoot them for sport. And like, there's a great picture. Um, I'll send it to you. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's like, it's just a mountain of bison skulls, like literally like a mountain, like 25, 30 feet tall of just bison skulls piled up on top of each other, Buffalo skulls. Um, it's insane. I mean, we, we just almost wiped them off the face of the earth. Yeah, we seem to be good at that as humans, just eradicating shit. We suck. As we multiply at an insane rate, and we just slowly wipe everything off the planet for our own, mostly for waste. Most of it's waste, you know. How often do we wipe something off the planet because we just need it, you know. We just wipe it off because we feel like it. I mean, we're, you and I have talked about it. We're the true virus on this fucking planet. There's way too many people and, you know, we're way too wasteful and non-respectful of other people and the planet. And, you know, it kind of sucks to be alive in this day and age and see, you know, almost the culmination of like humanity on the planet in terms of, you know, we have you know, super, super tight racial tension right now. We have, you know, environmental, um, you know, we're slowly destroying the planet, not even slowly, we're quickly destroying the planet. You know, it kind of sucks to be alive in an era where, you know, the realization of all of human's problems. Everything is 10X nowadays. It's just like, you know what I mean? Meaning like, you know, up until however many years ago, it seemed like, you know, like, I, but then again, we don't really truly know because I, I think social media has just changed that. What I was saying was that like, you know, up until just say like up until the 80s, if it like wasn't like an issue, like, oh, like mm. it wasn't that much plastic or whatever. Right. And then it, it, it was like, boom, like, you know, when we were in, like call it from when we were in school, you know, 
when, when I was, you know, my mom packed my lunch every single day yep. of my, of my school career from mm -hmm. kindergarten to 12th grade and uh, still packs my lunch now, you know, some days. Um, <laughs> I love it, you know, but uh, all I was saying is like, looking back, I can remember, you know, like elementary school, I would have like, I think I had like a lunch box with like, just a couple things, you know, like, that would be like reusable, if I remember correctly. And then as it like slowly built, like, you know, Ziploc, ba Ziploc bags, mm -hmm. paper bags, like, it just seems like every like, it's just evolved, like, so much quicker, like in the last however many years and and, it, and we've become so much more wasteful like boom use it one time gone you know the single use plastics like all that shit like mm. you know that was one of the original things with with the uh prohibition of marijuana you know way back was that you know there was so like basically they could they you know with with the hemp industry you know they could put the petroleum industry out of business yep. Because yep. you can yep. make every single thing out of hemp, you know, uh, plastic, you know, cutlery, um, paper plates, you know, paper cups, all everything. Dude, every the original, the thing. original doors on the Ford Model T were made from hemp, not steel, because they were able to make hemp fibers that were ten times stronger than steel. Hmm. 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 So everybody can thank William Randolph Hearst, the Dupont Corporation, and. Uh, Harry Anslinger for for making that uh, go away, but uh, no, dude, you're so right. I mean, in reality, when you look at it, there's the main reason for it is capitalism, economics, money. Plastic's cheaper, it's lighter, it's easier to ship. You know, single use is easier than having to you know collect things and repurpose them and clean them and all that stuff. Um, it's all it's all based around money. It, it's you know, that's what drives all of this, you know, what we view as progression, but in reality, it's regression. Right, right. And then you see, it's like, now you start to see everybody like reverting back, like, and they're mm -hmm. starting to realize like, oh, like, uh, beverages out of glass taste a billion times better. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, or, or, you know what I mean? Like, so the, like one guy that, that I've, I've been working with, you know, he's got like a giant Carlo Rossi glass bottle, <clears throat> like a wine jug. Yep. And that's what he fills up, you know, uh, with his water, you know, or fills up with water every day. And it's like, yeah, it's definitely, you know, not as convenient. It's heavier, um, prone to breaking, yep. but it's like, you know, if you're, if you're smart with it and, and uh, you know, there, there really is, you know, it's like, there's 23. Th hey, I'm not saying I don't do it. I've, I've drinking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, uh, which is so sad, but of, of, of water bottles, you know what I mean? Yeah, Just sure. whatever water, Gatorade drinks, all that shit. Like what, which I, you know, try to consciously not drink, but I'm just saying I have. So you, you start to look at all of that and it's like, damn, like, 23,000 chemicals and in, in a bottle of water yeah mostly just because of the plastic right it's like that's why i mean i mean you want to start like focusing on like your diet and shit like 
so many people like count calories, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, you should be counting chemicals. Like how, how much, like look on the back of the box of shit that you're eating and like read how many things that you can't pronounce and all of those aren't good for you. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't even know how we just got here, but no, single use plastics, uh, no, but I mean, racial tension. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's, and, and we should probably wrap this up because we've been, we've been going for a little while now. Um, but like my, you talked about it last week, my Yeti water bottle, you know, I have a 36 ounce Rambler, Tumbler, whatever the, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, I've had it for four and a half years now. And so like, I think there's almost like a level of like the, I think the thing costs like 60 bucks where it's like in your mind, you're like 60 bucks for a water bottle. Like that's a fucking lot. Like for the last four and a half, five years, I've bought almost no plastic water bottles because I have my water bottle. I always have it with me. So I spent 60 bucks one time and like I've saved a fortune in my, in just Dude, money. Dude, a small bottle of water. Bottles. Small bottle of water at one of the convenience stores, like two oh nine. So you buy one every single day for a month, and you just paid for you know a reusable Yeti water bottle. And I mean, this thing keeps water cold as fuck. No free ads. No free ads, but if Yeti, if you want to sponsor us, that would be fucking dope. Um, But, anyways, um, it's good talk, man. I mean, obviously, it started off on a sour note and not something we necessarily wanted to talk about but i felt was was important to talk about um but um you know i'm glad we uh we said our piece and you know it's unfortunately that the healing process is going to take a long time but hopefully this is kind of the the kickstart into um you know a new level of consciousness for not even just america but the world as a whole that uh you know at the end of the day thinking that somebody's race religion whatever makes them any less of a person than you is just fucking ignorant you know yeah ele everybody love everybody for Amen. fuck's uh, sakes um but we'll catch back up next week uh subscribe rate review got it this time let's go um if you're just tuning in for the first time, check us out on Instagram at Sunday Conversation. Uh, but Benny, good talk, buddy. Love you. Love you, bro. Have a good day.